Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast. Love doing these. Love getting some of these stories out there. This is number 160 in the series. Uh, thanks to FXR, man, for making this happen. Uh, for uh, 2022, their stuff is out. Mike Brown at the ranch right now, probably crushing it in FXR Racing Gear. Uh, Chris Kiefer and Phil Nicoletti both laid up with injuries, but... Uh, they wear FXR, and they've become an industry standard among both amateur and pro ranks with the ever-evolving gear lines that provide quality, durability at the same time. Extreme comfort? It's no doubt why FXR is the number one choice for so many riders out there. FXRRacing.com for more information. Also, thank you to the folks at uh, Racetech. You use the code PULP21 to save at Racetech. Get some motor work done. Get suspension work done. Give your bike some love, and it'll love you back. Those guys at Racetech have been in business for a long time there in Corona, California. And whether it's vintage bikes, street bikes, dirt bikes, they can help you out, man. Their website's super cool, and uh, if you tell them you listen to Pulp, they'll give you a deal on your work, be it motor work or suspension work. And, of course, thank you to Namira, Pistons, Roost MX, Maxxis Tires, and the folks at Firepower. We'll talk more about them as we get into it. Uh, the subject this week uh, works for another gear company that starts with an F and has three letters. It's not FXR. It's not uh, Fly. It's Fox. It's Connor Olson. What's up, man? How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good, Steve. How are you? I'm good, man. On a scale of uh, one to uh, uh, a hundred, how mad is JT going to be when he hears this podcast? Uh, I don't know that we can get him any more mad. <laughs> so I'd say a hundred. We got to be there from the last like couple weeks. Well, Wygant is uh, fully pushing these buttons. Uh, he is absolutely loving this. Uh, yeah, Jason Wygant sure. does something with you a lot of times before his for his weed show, and uh, yeah, it just how so happens that you're involved in this, and I think Wygant is loving it, Connor. Oh, he's yeah, he loves it. I like it's it's funny because it all actually happened by chance. And then as soon as <laughs> as soon as I heard how mad JT got and like I know JT from previous employees or employers and stuff. So like it made it even better to just play into it with Wygant and, right. and Wygant loves it. Oh, he, he, he loves it. He talked about a brief a backpack full of money at some point. <laughs> um, and then and then like I still don't know whether our buddy JT was serious when he insisted that it wasn't like like that it wasn't just a natural the first one the first time that we saw you that yeah. that it wasn't a natural interaction Wygant couldn't believe it either <laughs> so yeah I, I, yeah I, it was just funny like he happened to be walking by with the camera in his face and i just yelled at him like it's the weed show live. And then he just like walked over. I was like, oh shit, I don't know what to say right now. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. No, thanks for doing this, man. You're absolutely crushing it. You're making the motos. Uh, while Lakewood didn't go so well, you had a bike problem though, I think, at Lakewood? Uh, no, that was a personal problem. I just sucked. <laughs> a joke. Okay, all right, all right. And I, like, I grew up 10 minutes from that track. Like, my family still lives right there. Like, oh, I, I didn't know this. Okay. Probably yeah. more laps than almost anyone, like, other than maybe Derek Anderson. Like, yeah, yeah. And Ben, and ben LeMay, because he works there now. But, right. Yeah, I just, uh, I just fully sucked. Uh, oh, wow. That's, that's all I got. No excuse. So, how many of these are you going to do this summer? Um, I did, so I guess I've done five. Uh-huh. Because I did Mill, Millville, which was tough like i just didn't make it i wasn't fast enough and then i'm gonna do um planning on doing butts creek indiana and then fox two and then Hangtown if that happens yeah. i guess so this I, in the past connor and correct me if i'm wrong you've done the west coast stuff i don't remember seeing you back east before or or is this have you done it before um traditionally like in the years past i've always like because i grew up in colorado mm -hmm. forever so i would do 
I've done Hangtown sometimes and Glen Helen and yeah. obviously the Colorado National. And that was kind of the extent that I ever did. And then uh, when I worked for Fox uh, in like 2016, I worked there for three years before I left and then came back. But I, um, I did like Bud's Creek and Ironman and High Point and some of the East Coast ones. But the, uh, the program was very loose. Okay. And uh, I did not do good at all. I was not ready for any of them. So, uh, yeah, being in SoCal has helped a lot, just like getting, being able to actually ride all the time and yeah, a little bit less hectic uh, travel schedule is, has helped a lot. I mean, just for me personally. Well, I want to get into your racing and everything else, but what do you do right now for Fox? Uh, so I'm outside sales rep for San Diego and L.A. and okay. Hawaii. All right. So... How are they with you missing time for these races? I mean, obviously, look, you, uh, you, you're putting the gear on, on, on display, but they also pay Ken Roxon a ton of money to do that, too. So yeah. how, do they, how do they handle that, or how do you handle that, I guess I should say? I, I, it's been a lot, honestly. Like, I mean, the, um, like the first couple rounds were okay, because uh, obviously the one at Fox Raceway is an hour and a half from my house, so like, right. that's easy, but... All the other ones I've flown out like super late Thursday night okay. or like Friday for the most part. So I've only really missed a couple Fridays of work. Yep. Um, and we kind of just, as long as I am still doing all my stuff, then they're not terribly worried about it. Yep. Um, but, but yeah, like you said, I mean, they, we pay Kenny and Adam and the pro circuit guys to make the gear look good. Like I'm the one that's supposed to sell it <laughs> to the dealers. So. They don't, uh, I mean, I obviously have some ties and get some help with, I live with Kenny Day, okay. who's the athlete manager. So, like, I get I get uh, some help with, like, tear-offs, and they'll help with goggles and, like, right. clean stuff if I need it. But, but, yeah, like, those guys get paid. I get paid to sell stuff. Well, for you, so you're leaving Thursday night. You're getting, you're flying back east or whatever you will be flying back east you're flying to millville and in, in, in these places yeah then flying back sunday and then monday morning you're on the road yep right, yeah. back, right back into dealers and like yeah it's been i mean it's it's been busy it's been hectic like just trying to well, just trying to plan it all and figure everything out is probably the, the worst part of it just figuring out how to get in between all the places making sure all my stuff gets done and like instead of doing whatever seeing all these dealers like what are two or three dealers a day and then i'm hauling ass and having like 14 hour days and seeing four or five dealers. So I'm technically not skipping any dealer visits, right, but right. still trying to do as much as I can um, just so I can keep doing it basically. Well, and your commission sales. So the more dealers you visit, the more sales you make, the more it helps you. So there's no, yeah. there's no salary of just sitting back and slacking. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, as much as I work, that's basically how I get paid and that's how I can keep actually racing. So yeah, it's it's definitely a lot of um, a lot of stress. Like the first, I did the first four, I think, because mm -hmm. uh, I did Fox um, and then Colorado, and then I think High Point was next, or was there a weekend yeah. off? Yeah, there was a weekend off. Yeah, there was two actually because yeah, so, Southwick was supposed to be there. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, I like did did a couple of those and ended up like a random kind of stupid injury that. Um, caused a lot more problems than I was anticipating from high point. But, but yeah, that first little stretch was hectic. And the worst part, like, not the worst part, but one of the most hectic parts was, like, just since I worked for Fox and it's at Fox Raceway, like, we had 
I had like 60 something people from dealers showing up and like, yeah. I'm trying to deal with tickets and getting people into the hospitality and doing all this and like running in between dealers, like, Oh shit, I need a chain guide or I need an extra chain or yeah, yeah. making sure I have all my stuff, like going to get wheels from W and like just trying to figure all that stuff out too. Like in between everything else is, is definitely a, a lot to handle. Now I, you're in the you're in the mecca of a motocross. Do any of your all your dealers must know your deal, right? They must know you're you're fast honestly, enough. To... Honestly, most of them, I I don't like talking about it. Yeah, like, I'm not there for that. Like I'm just I'm right. there to help them with their sales and do all that. Like some of the dealers that I'm in there a lot or like whatever, like kind of more in the know have like realized and noticed. A lot of them all figured out at at the race here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of my biggest dealers had no idea. Like I was inviting them, giving them invites for the race. And they're like, Oh, do you, uh, are you going to be there on Saturday? I was like, yeah, I'm racing. They're like, Oh, are they doing like an amateur thing at intermission or what? I was like, no, like I'm racing 450 class. And they're like, really? Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, a lot of them know now. And, and, um, most of them like have been keeping up with it and stuff too, which is kind of cool. Like, yeah, I'll go into a shop and they're like, "Oh, nice work at Washougal. Like we were watching and blah blah blah." And oh, we'll that's cool. Second moto or right. whatever. So yeah, it's pretty cool that everyone's stoked. And I guess even that I wasn't at the hospitality area at Fox Raceway, but there's other dealers that aren't even my dealers, obviously that were there. Like some of the bigger, bigger ecom guys and some of that stuff. And uh, everyone at the in the office here in Irvine was like super stoked and telling all the dealers and all the other dealers. So everyone was, yeah, like kind of rooting me on. It was a little, uh, a little surreal and kind of overwhelming yeah. at the first round. And I'm just glad I didn't choke like I did in Colorado. Well, I can imagine you going into a dealer and then the guy being like, Oh, Hey, Roxon, uh, you know, Roxon did this or Adam did that and all oh, that track sucked. And you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And let me tell you, I, I, I have first-hand yeah. knowledge of what's going on. Like, I'm not just a sales rep here, you know, so uh, I can yeah, imagine that. Like that, that finish line section, the entire hour and four laps or whatever that we had to go through that thing at Fox was Oh, was that lot. That was where Phil saw God? Yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of people, I think, that saw God through that section. Yeah, yeah, for sure, right? Um, So you're, you don't have a ton of windshield time. I guess that's good for... It's a, it's a nice area because it's, you know, a moto strong area. And then you're not driving a ton, huh, Connor? Like, you're not like you're the guy in uh, Nevada here going up to Reno or whatever. It's not too bad. Yeah, no, like, I, I, um, I live on kind of the not in the right area for my territory. So it's a little bit farther than normal. But, I mean, my farthest drive is three hours. But for the most part, everything's an hour and a half to two hours, like, mm -hmm. at the most. So, yep. yeah, it's yep. not I'm, – I'm home every night, like – Right. Some of the close dealers, like the only time I really get to like train or do anything is like some of the dealers that are right by my house don't open until 10. So on those days, like every other week and certain days of the week, I get to kind of go out and do some stuff and try to do as much as I can. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's a good job, man. Fox is a great brand. There's, they sell a ton of stuff. Uh, that's a real like for one, that territory is probably very much valuable. And then two, that's a, that's for also sure. a great job. Like you, it, it, you have a nice spot in the industry. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, uh, it's taken a, a lot, a long road to get to this spot for sure. For, for me, I mean, I'm working for some other smaller brands as an independent rep. And then I was, I started at Fox in, um, on the East coast in the Carolinas and Georgia and stuff. And it's, 
it's great. I mean, it's still it's still Fox and it's good, but obviously it's not the mecca of mm-hmm. motocross. No. Um, so yeah, it's a kind of, I mean, it's one of those deals like sort of knowing the right people. Honestly, um, my boss is my boss now is a really great friend that I've had for twenty something years. Uh, so yeah, I kind of just happened to be the right like right timing and right place. And I mean, yeah, like it's the, I mean, one of the best places you can be for a, yeah. for a sales rep outside of any like distributor reps that have good territories too. Yeah, I mean the distributor guys. I mean they can sell batteries and tires to people, right? That you know you're selling moto specific gear, you know off road stuff too, and everything else. But your your clientele needs to be into moto, uh, you know. For um, sure. So yeah, but and that's a great area that you're in, like you said. So um, interesting. I, I didn't know that about the East Coast. I want to get into that with you a little bit uh, here later on in the show. Um, do you talk to the product developers at all? Do they use you for testing? Do you f- provide feedback at all? to those type of guys uh, because you do so many laps and you know, you know, what, what, what lasts, what doesn't last. I mean, are they lean, do they lean on you at all to help out? Not, not too much. I mean, I've done, I'd like help with a couple things, but for the most part, like that's all pretty much sent through like Kenny and Adam. And, um, I don't, Stapo does a ton of it. So like they kind of have their like core group of guys. Okay. I know. I mean, I know like, they probably know who I am as far as the developers and like that kind of stuff. Right. But I think for the most part, they just, they use the guys that they pay to actually test the stuff, not the guys <laughs> that they pay to sell it. Yeah. Um, and for you to sell stuff, I mean, look, it's a great name. It's, it's, it's an amazing company. They've been around for a long time. I mean, I, how much, how hard do you got to sell it? I mean, it's nice to walk into a place and they know Fox. I mean, let's face it, the uh, uh, Jeff and Pete and Greg and the family did such a great job for decades now, uh, bef- you know, when they were involved in it. Uh, is it, do you find yourself, I mean, Fly's doing a great job. FXR is doing a great job. Uh, I feel like Thor has missed their mark lately a little bit from where they were. What's it like going in to try to sell Fox or is it pretty easy? I mean, yeah, kind of like you said, especially down here, like, I- it's it's definitely more of a staple like i mean mm-hmm. there's very few few if any dealers that elect not to have it i mean it's kind of like you said it's just uh, one of those things that you sort of have to have um i hate i hate to put it that way but no it, I, make, from people i talk to yeah from, be, from people i talk to dealers go okay i'm gonna have fox and then I need to pick another brand and uh, Fly yeah. and Thor and, you know what I mean? They are all competing and Fly Guys have doing a great job lately. But a lot of dealers are like, look, I'm stocking two brands and one of them is Fox. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I mean, it, it's a little bit different uh, on like on this side of the country, of course, when it's like, I mean, you have dealers that have every brand. Yeah. So it's just one of the multiples that they have. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of the ones like, it's like you said. It's that and something else. Yeah, I guess. It, I guess that. Man, I guess. Yeah, you're right. In SoCal, it's great, but I, I meant so much. Yeah, back east stuff, right? Like it's. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The, the East Coast was. It was definitely harder, especially shipping from the the biggest the biggest uh, hurdle to come across is dealing with distributors because they have a warehouse two days away, right? And everything ships from California for us, so it's it's a week to get stuff for the East Coast rather than a day or two if you're in georgia or something mm-hmm. and they and like western has a warehouse in georgia so it's definitely something that is more of a concern on the east coast than it is especially out here but uh but yeah everyone like it's it's definitely getting more and more competitive as the 
kind of as the, the brand sort of get their footprints going a little bit more. Like, I mean, like you said, flies taking off a ton and now it, they start coming more readily yep. available and uh, Fast House is doing really good out here. And Troy Lee obviously always does well with them being out here too. So it's definitely getting more spread uh, between a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of companies, really. So for you, you know, you're you're trying to you're trying to ride motos. You you, you know you need to get practicing. Are you are you driving around in a sprinter with your bike in the back? And then hey, if I get done at my dealer by two, I can hit Glen Helen by four, or I can hit Paula or or, or whatever. Like, is that the kind of program you're on where you're trying to get your motos um, in the middle of the week? Not really. I've done. I mean, I've done it a few times. Like I've gone out to Glen Helen in the summer and at show up at five o'clock and ride for a couple hours but for the most part like i just ride saturdays and sundays when i'm not at a race <laughs> so like during the summer I, luckily i did i got a lot of seat time and kind of i mean not really a boot camp but sort of i mean during the during the weekends um leading up to the nationals and then yeah i mean after i rode the fox national i didn't ride until colorado for practice like oh wow saturday, really saturday huh? afternoon Jeez. till saturday morning in yeah, practice, yeah. and then i actually like i crashed in the lcq at colorado and had like a nagging shoulder feel and sort of hit my head a little bit so mm-hmm. i didn't ride until i showed up at high point on a husky with my suspension and i ride a ktm yeah <laughs> so i flew in with suspension and showed up to high point practice two weeks later after not riding from colorado oh wow well, I didn't. I didn't so, know yeah. your program was that loose, Connor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, like, kind of tying it all in. Like, it's a kind of a, a big, big deal for our company in this area, especially like mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. It's it's kind of not been as good as it should have. So that was a main focus for me. Like, they're like, you need to get get shit back on track. And yeah. And uh, they don't really care how it happens. So that's definitely been the main focus, like, during the week. And yep. I try to go on, like, road rides and work out in the garage as much as I can during the week. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's Saturday motos, Sunday motos, and right back to work. Jeez, it's even, more, imp- it's even more impressive uh, for you to make the motos doing all that at most of these races. Uh, you didn't make Lakewood. Did you, you, didn't, did you make High Point? Yeah, I, yeah. I made High Point. Um, that one was rough. I went through the LCU and I got – no, roosted in the collarbone with, um, and I thought it was broken for sure. But I still, yeah. I was second lap of the LCQ, and I'm, I think I got third, second or third in the LCQ still, and like that was the sketchiest I've ever ridden for four laps, like the most <laughs> amount of almost crashes I've ever had. That was my highest heart rate I've ever gotten since I've had like been running polar. Like I hit 197 or something really? in a four lap race. So. Holy shit! Wow. Yeah. yeah. So that, one was a, that one was pretty much a shit. Cool. But yeah, I um, I got hey, you you got done with that LCQ, uh, and you got done. Hey, you got done with that LCQ. You must have just felt like you got through a war, like you just you you, you somehow oh, survived a war. Yeah, <laughs> I was sitting. I went. I actually went straight to the ASR medic unit. Um, I didn't even go back to the truck first. I went straight to the medic unit, had them X-ray my collarbone, and they're like, "Yeah, it's fine. Like it's not broken. Yep. So you should be good to race." And I went back and I was like, oh my God, I have to do two 35 minute motos now. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, wow. That's, that's impressive, man. That's even, I didn't, I figured you were out like with Kiefer at pounding laps at Paula or Glen Helen or a high des, you know, at some point. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's really, 
you're behind the eight ball when you get behind the gate on it. And of course, as we've talked about in my shows, you got like two laps before the green flag throws, and then it's it's go yeah. time. <laughs> well, so. actually, they they changed that at Washougal. Uh, we were sitting there, and they're like, "Yeah, like first first lap is wheels on the ground, and second lap's green flag." So go ahead. <laughs> Jesus. I was like, I've yeah. never been here, guys. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna go up this up the uphill and just launch off. And I hope, I hope, I, I yeah, hope I survive. I guess I'll figure, I'll figure out how far these drop offs go. Yeah, I'm going fast, I guess. Oh man, uh, Connor Olson here on the FXR Racing. Race Tech Suspension, Privateer Island Life. I want to thank the folks at Firepower. Over 50 years' experience in the industry, Firepower commits to quality, value, and service for your machine. They offer chains made in Japan, featherlight lithium batteries, and oil to stand the test of any power sports vehicle. Uh, their motor oil is pretty new for those guys. It's built by the ground up, uh, from the ground up by a leading OEM manufacturer. It's the highest quality. The chains and the batteries are used by Chiz and A-Ray and Gopher Dunes Honda and so many other teams out there and riders. Uh, Firepowerparts.com to learn more. Thank you to those guys for coming on um connor so where do you where do you grow up colorado then yeah so i um i was actually born in northern california but we moved when i was like one okay or something and then i grew up yeah just south of um denver right in littleton so i was there for 20 20 something years okay so you're riding locally and racing locally and just trying yeah, to, yeah just trying to be uh trying to be a pro and then what gets you to the east coast for fox um, really, I, at the time that was really the only position that was open. I was doing some, I started at dealerships right. and then ended up into an independent rep spot. We were working with a bunch of different brands and doing stuff for spy and stance and Novik gloves and a bunch of other stuff in Colorado there. And then, um, the Fox thing was just the only, that was the only territory that was open up in time. And I, yep. uh, actually interviewed at a Mexican restaurant down the street from Lakewood uh, <laughs> Friday before the national in 2016, I think. Okay. And then raced and, um, like, qualified, did the whole whatever. Like, I don't even know when I got, 30th or something. And then uh, my old regional manager called me on Monday. He's like, hey, we're going to, like, offer you the position. We want you there ready to work in two weeks. Oh, wow. So, like, I had to just pack up i'd never even been to the east coast i just like packed up yeah how old are you how old are you at this point 20 uh then i was 2016 so i think i was 20 21 dude that's a big deal like your parents were cool with that and everything all that yeah they just kind of just said good luck here you go yeah have fun so yeah we packed everything up and got out there and um we ended up picking my old boss and i we looked at a map and my territory at the time was Alabama, Georgia, both Carolinas, and Virginia. And we basically picked a spot on a map, and Greenville, South Carolina, was right in the middle. Yep. And I just found a house on Craigslist, like sight unseen, called the guy, told him I wanted it, and showed up two weeks later and moved in and stayed there for three and a half years. Oh, wow. Was it was the guy had a mustache and work at Michelin? No, actually, he didn't, but okay. that would have been even better. <laughs> I, I have plenty of randy richardson stories from around that area because he um he lives on the other side but but yeah like michelin's right there in greenville right, so right. i saw him once a week just at a random dealer i would like listen to pulp driving around and 
I would end up hearing hearing Randy like telling the exact same jokes as he did on Pulp. <laughs> like three days later, I hear a joke and I'm like, someone must be listening to Pulp. I'm like, oh shit, there's Randy oh, right there. It's, it's the actual guy. It's Randy yeah. Richardson, right? Yeah, uh, it's funny. And did uh, is it true he's got the yard of the month? Is that is that true in Greenville? Did, did you? I guess I um <laughs> I honestly have never I've driven through Piedmont like hundreds and hundreds of times. Yep, but. If you like blink, you pretty much miss it. So right. there's okay. only, I mean, he's he's probably one of one of the only riders in Piedmont. But yeah, I would. I mean, he still takes the title of the fastest man in Piedmont. No, he so. does. Yeah, no, absolutely. And he's got the best yard in Piedmont too. I've heard. So yeah, all of that is true. Um, yeah. So you get out there. Uh, you're 20 years old. You are you racing locally? Do you bring a bike out and you're riding locally and just like now you're your 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 dream of being a pro moto guy i guess like i didn't give my dream up until i was probably 23 uh when i kept getting hurt and and i I was sucking um but you were kind of like hey i I need to get on with my life like i'm not gonna be you know a a factory rider at all is that was that kind of the decision there yeah i mean i kind of i think i kind of realized that at a pretty young age like i obviously i wanted to do it and like i had tried a handful of nationals and been close and like I had made some at that point. Like, I'd made Colorado, I think, a few times and stuff. But, yeah, like, being an actual, like, factory rider and getting a ride, like, kind of never really. Or even being like JT or even being like somebody like JT or somebody like, you know, somebody like that, making a living racing. Yeah. Yeah, I think I kind of, I kind of, from the day I was, like, working at shops and, like, I wasn't good enough to to do that full time. So, I think I kind of just accepted my fate of always needing a job. Um, luckily I've always been in the industry and like had cool enough jobs that I like, it's kind of not really part of the job, but it's a lot easier to go race when I work for Fox than it is to be at some accounting firm and like, Hey, I need the next four Fridays off yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I yeah. kind of just raced, like raced a couple of the local races out uh, in the Carolinas and it was kind of a lot lesser, um, not as organized as like Colorado. I mean, Colorado has a huge, huge like moto scene. And I mean, at any time, like at a pro-am race, there'd be 15 license holding pros on the gate, like a 40 man yeah. open pro gate. Is and it uh and was Derek Anderson, the man back then? Yeah. Is he the guy? He, yeah. He still is. And it still pisses me off. Like <laughs> the amount that he just like golfs and mountain bikes. And he actually works for Fox now too. Funny enough. Oh, he does. He, oh, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, uh, yeah, he was always just always the man, and then he would he was doing that driven to ride stuff. So mm-hmm. he wasn't around a whole lot for the later years when like I was getting into yep. uh, nationals and the pro scene and stuff. But but yeah, I kind of just did a, a few little local races on the East Coast. I actually ended up doing the USGP at Charlotte. Um, that was super rad. And then really just kind of rode it. I rode at club all the time because that was one of the, like the really good tracks around. And okay. Two and a half hour drive every day to get there, but yeah. Um, were you successful? Were, were you selling well? Was it was it going good? Yeah, it was a, it was good. It was um, definitely had its challenges. Uh, just being such a big territory and like uh, on the East Coast, it was a little a little bit tough. I mean, tougher than Southern California, but yeah, but yeah it was good. I I uh, really enjoyed it, and it was uh, a really big learning experience. Of mm-hmm. course, like moving alone to the east coast when i didn't know anyone had never been there at 20 years old yeah dude that's they big basically just yeah. said, like here's here's uh here's your computer here's some business cards like good luck 
<laughs> wow, jeez. Yeah, that is big. Props to you for doing that, man. I mean, you, you know, like, yeah. It, what if you had said, no, I'm just going to stay at this dealer I'm working at or I'm the independent rapper. You know what I mean? Like, you just, you'd, you'd yeah. probably be there today. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, you just, sure. you never quite know. And when, when people are, when people have opportunities like that, I always like tell them like, you can just go back to what you were doing. You can, yeah. you know, you can just, if it doesn't work out, go back, you know, but yeah, I, sure. I, I totally, uh, I totally, uh, admire you for doing that at such a young age. Uh, thanks to the folks at Max's tires, by the way, uh, you probably, there was one race. It might've been Paula. You were right around a Ray for a while yeah, and then I, I he was roosting me with his maxis tire yeah yeah and then i told a ray the guy you know that that guy's got a full-time job right and then he didn't like that either <laughs> but he knew who you were anyways but um yeah. maxis tires mxsts uh developed by mcgrath used by a ray and rod bell and uh jeremy smith over there at the maxis sgb team uh mountain bike tires are fantastic light truck tires i got a set on my ridge line and uh mxsts i had on my blue crew for a little bit thank you to the folks at maxis tires please look at them next time you're uh, looking for a, uh, a tire for almost anything they uh, they've got it happening so thanks to those guys on the fxr racing race tech suspension privateer island life podcast all right so you're back east connor and uh and you're riding and then you go to alpine stars from there yeah yeah so uh just kind of i don't know just like sort of one of those deals that an opportunity came up and uh and yeah i mean i got a, a hell of a lot of life experience out of that one too um I just uh, a little bit of a different role, like kind of more of a training role than a sales role. And I was basically, I was essentially the brand manager for, for Alpine stars off-road for Western. Okay. So at, at first I was just doing the entire East coast. So basically from Colorado East, Western um, power sports. Go, yeah. Western power sports for people who wanted to know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would just travel around with the reps, like go into the drive mm-hmm. into their area and uh, just travel around to their dealers for, for a week and then move on to the next guy and then move on to the next guy and just kind of keep doing that. And then how did that come about? Like, did someone from Western approach you? Cause that's a, that's a shared job, right? Alpine stars pay half your salary and Western would pay um, half your salary or how does that come that, together? That one was actually a full Alpine stars deal. Oh, okay. Um, right. I, actually funny enough, it, it was because of you, because of the motorcycle industry jobs thing, you posted something or you talked oh, about, yeah, yeah. uh, you talked about the, uh, race support or the rider support one. Yep. And it, um, I like applied for that. And for whatever reason they, they or whatever, they wanted someone that was in California. Cause it was like last minute. And at the last second, I was like, well, you have a bunch of sales ones open. So how about that? And, and then they offered me that one. And I did that for a year on the East coast. Um, and then they had me move out to California to Torrance, which is where I live now. Yep. I'm in Torrance. Um, so yeah, I moved to Torrance to do that. And then I was doing the entire country for off-road. Um, oh so that was, yeah, so a lot of travel what, and what, um, were you not happy with Fox? Were you, did you want to change? What sort of made, made you lead to the motorcycle industry jobs guy to, to look at the A-star thing? What, what was the, uh, the driving force behind that? Uh, yeah, I think it was more just kind of, I wanted to change and, uh, one of the grass is always greener kind of things mm-hmm. um it was just sort of something that intrigued me and initially i sort of i wanted to get more into like the race support deal that sure. was something that has always interested me was like being the the gear guy basically the glorified boot cleaner and um it just kind of 
for I, I had too much of a sales background for them to kind of want to put me in that role. So I got um, got into the sales one and it was just kind of just something new and something different. And, yep. and like I said, like the life experience I got out of that, like, yeah, I moved to the East Coast for Fox the first time to do it all and learn how to do that. And then I went to A-Star and I basically traveled for two years almost pretty much straight and got to do a bunch of cool events and meet a bunch of reps and see the entire country of, of dealers and really figure out like what dealers do things that like work well and which mm -hmm. dealers do things that don't work well. And I, uh, I definitely give a lot to those guys and I learned a lot from them and got to do a hell of a lot of cool stuff for sure with them and worked my ass off of course. But, uh, yeah. God, yeah, they uh, cool. they they drive their guys hard. A stars, whether it's the the media guys, whether it's the rider reps, whether it's sales guys. Gabrielle, I guess Gabrielle figures, hey, if I travel fifty one weekends of the year, then I'm going to make everyone that works for me travel that much. I don't know. Yeah, come <laughs> to find out, I think it's more of an Italian thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They they they're hard. Like I I don't want to say. I guess they're a hard company to work for. I, that makes it sound like a negative company, but they drive their guys. They really push their guys. Yeah, definitely. They they, they expect everyone to work hard, and like you get you gotta get get your shit done. And they don't really care how it needs to happen. Like as long as you get everything done, everyone's happy. And a lot of this stuff, like I, I never dealt with Gabrielle all that much. Like we had, he obviously oversees everything, but but more so on the sales side. Like they had sales managers and. Right. Uh, controllers and all the number, like a, a few other people, basically, like they all talked to Gabrielle. Yep. Um, we kind of just relayed all of our information to our managers and then it sort of went from there. So, yep. but yeah, that's, uh, I mean, anyone that works outside of the office that like doesn't just sit at the office in Torrance, like yeah. everyone outside of it, they really work hard. And I mean, it shows they're one of the major players in the, in the industry for sure well and you go from fox to alpine stars and tech 10 sell themselves and the, the leather the road race leathers are amazing you know what i mean like yeah that stuff is another great brand so yeah for sure know. i mean it's one of the one of the other mega brands um and how much did you have to go to idaho and work with the western guys for that um i only ended up going once actually because oh, okay. my my position was actually a full alpine stars deal um because at, at the time like Matt Baisley was doing, he was kind of the liaison between the two of them. I think he had the, he was the shared mm. position. Yep. And then there was a handful of our positions that were all Alpine stars, but I only worked with Western. Right. So it, it's kind of, kind of confusing how it all worked, but, but yeah, I only got to get up there one time, um, actually in the like two years, because a lot of it was COVID stuff. They yeah. did a bunch of, um, a bunch of uh virtual meetings and stuff so i got yeah it was cool to go to boise but it was like january and eight degrees so <laughs> wasn't the most fun like the most fun trip out of any of them when it's that cold did you get to go to uh the factory there um and get to do any riding over in europe or anything you get to do anything cool no i never i never got to go to italy they um i think they a couple of the guys only went one time uh, like right after I started and I was just too new and like right. my position kind of didn't really warrant going. Like right. they had got a, a guy that basically was in charge of the off-road segment. He was, he gets, he goes for that rather than the, the multiple guys that just kind of travel and sure. do all that. Right. 
did you what did you find yourself like during the ATAR during the A stars years? Did you find yourself like uh your riding suffering a little bit? Like you didn't get on the bike as much, you didn't race as much and all that just because you were so damn busy with work? Yeah, for sure. A lot of it, um, yeah, a lot of the time I didn't get to ride because we, I mean, there was a couple of times where I was at, I mean, I was at Redbud working the activation booth. Um, I actually ended up bringing my bike with me from the East Coast. Like it was just sitting in the back of the van mm-hmm. and I raced like, I raced amateur day and then flew out on Monday and went to Laguna Seca for like Moto America in California and then flew all the way back to Miami to do stuff and then flew back to Chicago and got the van and then like drove to Millville to do another <laughs> activation thing. So yeah, 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 I definitely, I definitely didn't get to ride as much as I would have, um, would have wanted to, mm-hmm. but at the same time with how much I traveled, like they were pretty much fine with like, I mean, my boss at the time was okay with if, if I went down to Florida for three weeks at a time, like I told him I was going to bring my bike and stay. Right. Uh, I, I would rather stay and ride a new place or a new area over the weekend then like fly back and spend a day and a half at home so i got to ride a lot of cool stuff like rode some cool tracks in tennessee and a bunch of stuff in florida that i've never gotten to do and uh yeah that was that was cool to get to do that and just see all those different places but yeah i definitely wanted to ride a lot more than i got to especially with trying to race a handful of nationals in those couple years too yeah really right jeez did you have the gear because back then nobody would have had the gear right yeah, yeah. So I got um, really the first kind of right when I started was when they were making a bigger push um, to do it. It was direct for basically the first two years. Uh-huh. And I was essentially there for those two years. So I was able to get get the gear, which is definitely kind of cool when you're yeah. on a track and you're the only dude with A-Star or show up to a national and it's Eli and Barsha and some dude in the LCQ. <laughs> some dude, some dude on an LCQ. Yeah, that's awesome. No, yeah. that, that, that's pretty cool. Uh, Connor Olson here on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island again. FXRRacing.com. If you want to get the same gear that Chris Kiefer does, he even ride anymore? I don't know. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. He's only. Got, I don't know if they. I don't know if he had a stunt double. Like if they put Aiden in Chris's gear for that Honda intro or not. Yeah, but. I don't know. He's only got one knee, so I know. I know that much. Yeah. Um, and uh, at Phil Nicoletti, Mike Brown currently probably kicking ass at the ranch in his FXR gear. And thanks to the folks at Race Tech as well. Uh, Pulp Twenty One is the code to save the Race Tech. Get your motor work done. Get suspension work done with the guys at uh, at Race Tech. Thanks to the folks at Namira Pistons as well. Since 2001, Namira has been supplying factory-level pistons and gaskets for every make and model, from two wheels to four. From weekend warriors to top athletes, Namira's advanced piston tech has increased engine performance and reliability without increasing your budget. Follow them on Instagram, namira.com, uh, or online at namira.com. Uh, and uh, pistons, four-stroke, two-stroke, they've got it all. Namira, guys. Uh, so how do you end up back at Fox? I have a quick question. Do you remember the day at Glen Helen with the Easy Up that caused the whole shitstorm of the Easy Up guy? I do you remember that that was me? No, was that you? The whole Easy Up thing, yeah. That, that was we you. Okay. Yeah, we were at Glen Helen riding. <laughs> yep, yep. Yep. Yeah. Um. I I caused the shitstorm of the Easy Up stuff too. Uh. Yeah, and I stand by that, Connor. Look, I I I think I met you at A Star. Maybe not. I thought I did. Yeah. That that day, I met you that day. Oh, was it that? Okay. All right. That was that day. All right. So I. <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't really know you, but I figured I'd met you somewhere <laughs> along the line. But I don't care, man. If you can't set your Easy Up. And take it down by yourself, then I stand by that. You know uh, that. Oh, the- I, no, I full, I fully get your point, 
But the other part of it is like from Kiefer's standpoint, like I don't need help doing it. I've set them up and taken them down at events by myself for years. Yeah. Chris, Chris just happened to come over and help. And obviously it's easier <laughs> if someone helps you. It it's is not yeah. necessary. Right. Right. God, but, that, that was yeah. a, that was a good one for a number of uh, number of months. <laughs> yeah, it was good. I it's, forgot that I, was you, I though. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Good, good work on that. It a lot of random pulp things between either Easy Up stuff or now all of the yeah. bags of cash to weed. <laughs> right, right. You and Wygant working in cahoots to uh, promote the uh, other three-letter F brand. Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's funny. Um, so, yeah, what, what, uh, what made you go back to Fox? Uh, but, yeah, I just um, kind of was – it's sort of another one of those sort of like happenstance deals. I actually was up, uh, up in NorCal, uh, traveling with the, the two reps up. I think, you know, Calvin and Levesque. Yeah. 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 Calvin. And then, um, Josh Bobier were up there and I was up traveling with them and just kind of owed a phone call to my current boss now. Mm-hmm. And I just called him and, and, uh, we had run into each other a, a few times and, uh, there happened to be a spot open that didn't require me to move at all. And, kind of a sort of a once in a lifetime job when some of these guys down in this area like have had these oh. jobs for 20 something years so yeah listen sort of if i'm kind of too good to pass up really. well i was just gonna say like you know as much as you like the a-star job and, and all of that uh, if someone offers me southern california territory for fox racing yeah i'm taking yeah. it i'm taking it <laughs> for sure and i like i didn't have to move i already knew all the dealers yeah. like i had a lot of stuff already sort of set up that made honestly made this transition a hell of a lot easier than it did the first time. I mean, being 20 years old in a a new territory with a new company and not really sure how any of it works. Like it was a tough learning curve. So now like I go into it already working with already like having the background with Fox. I already know how light speed works at the dealer level. Like I already knew all of these dealers from traveling with a star stuff. So I basically just came in with a different shirt and a different catalog. So it was a, a lot easier transition for me for that and um yeah i've had a lot of other things like i mean kenny kenny day left from alpine star and went to fox also and we lived together so that sort of made uh oh you lived with them before you lived with them before you guys made both made the moves that's interesting yeah so he moved um when he i had been with a star for a year um and then when i moved to the west coast he had just started with a star and we didn't really even know each other. Like I met him at high point one time mm-hmm. and um, he was living with a Ray actually in Corona and commuting to Torrance every day. No so geez. he needed yeah. to like needed to move and find something and I needed to move. So we ended up moving in together and it kind of ended up, uh, ended up in a great situation. Like we're both super easy going, like we're always gone. So it's yeah. a pretty mellow deal. And, and actually Cody shock lived with us for, four or five months i think when he first moved to california too yeah that's right i remember hearing about that yeah absolutely um so for you like you're a racer you you mentioned earlier that you want to get into the racing side of things and and that's what kenny does and um you know and 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 every manufacturer kind of gear guy has somebody like that and i can tell that you're a racer as we know you're you're a very good racer but you're into it but then again, Connor, like your job, I guarantee you, you make pretty good money at it. Um, oh, yeah. And, and, and you know, I think a, a job stepping into the race side of things would pay less and more travel, but yet that would be maybe more fun for you. Is this is this where you're going to one day maybe come to a moral dilemma about what to do? I think um, 
I think that that moral dilemma had already happened okay. until this job. And now, like, yeah, now I'm all, I'm all set. Now, like, I have no plans to go anywhere. Like, I, I love it. I love being back at Fox, and I love what I'm, like, doing now. Yep. So, yeah, I think that... That okay. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're set. That, yeah, yeah. That hap- yeah, that question of that happening is was before I got this, and now yeah, now I'm all I'm all good. Right. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because that would be something that you know could come your way. Because the amount of industry people that you know and and everybody seems to like you, you got to think at some point someone's coming to you with like, hey man, uh, you know, you want to be the uh, the goggle guy, you want to be the gear guy, you want you know what I mean, you want to be the boot guy, you know, because you having raced at that at the highest level you understand racers and you understand what to do so it would be a natural thing for some company to go after you i think for sure yeah yeah and, I, and like that was like i said when i yep. heard the motorcycle industry jobs thing like that was kind of my thought process at the time like doing what i was doing i was like well that kind of like sounds fun like you're still at the races you get to do all the, mm-hmm. the cool stuff and you travel and you're there yeah you're not racing but you're there yeah and like kind of in that in that circle and everything and um and yeah i think i've for whatever reason i obviously i have a a more extensive sales background than i do like marketing or racing services kind of deal so i think it all kind of led me in the right direction and i know the right people on the sales side of things so it sort of helped me get set up with this um which is i mean i'm super grateful for this like my boss is awesome the company's great like they're all stoked and stoked on like business-wise that i'm doing so that's been um that's been a good an, an easier transition for me to get to go race because i'm doing really well on the sales side of it yeah absolutely and hoover's gonna love this joke uh you guys have even stopped the visors from flying off yeah yes. it's uh no more no more no visor geyser <laughs> i know hoover would love that one um yeah. hey uh going back to your racing thing so you know you're you've got a good job and you're making the motos and you're racing so like my question would be are you frustrated out on the track or is it almost like you're just stoked to make the motos because you know you're going to a good job you know you can't get hurt you know you don't really want to need to get hurt and so yeah. for yourself like i don't you haven't scored any points yet right uh you've come no. close i know you come close yeah, i've gotten a 21st and some 25ths and some stuff but. yeah so are you satisfied with like is the racing thing just you know cherry on top or are you pissed after motos about how things go um i think like every weekend going into it like i'm always frustrated in practice like i for some reason can't figure out how to go fast in practice uh which i think is a lot of people's issues but that that always frustrates me and then once i get to the motos like i have a a really good endurance so i mean i i qualify around whatever 40th to 38th or to 35th or something every week yeah and then in the motos like as long as nothing's hurt and I'm riding how I should be, like I'm around 25th. So once I get around that, like I'm happy, but yeah, I just, it is a little frustrating. Like I, I want to do better, but at the same time, like how, how I rode last year, at, I did the last two rounds being Colorado and the, the Fox race. And I was around 27th or 30th or something, I think. And and then now I look at the field compared to last year and there's 15 more guys and I'm still like in the same spot. Like that's a little frustrating because I yeah. know like I put a lot of work in, like, I mean, I lost 40 pounds from the like early part of last year. Oh, wow. So Good like, job, yeah. I've, I've put a lot of work in to, to get basically the exact same results as I did last year. <laughs> right. 
which like on paper kind of sucks. But I think a lot of like a lot of us all realize that there's 20 factory dudes or whatever right now. So even making it is a pretty big achievement. But yeah, I mean, like you said, it's a I got to go back to work on Monday and, and keep my career going. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of just a, more of a cool factor. I mean, we all know that the purse isn't great. I mean, I, I think I make maybe a thousand dollars if I make the make the motos between MX Sports and KTM. Yeah. So I'm definitely not making any money doing it. I'm spending money doing it, but it's um, it's just the experience is getting to do it and travel around and kind of actually be sort of somewhat competitive is definitely yeah. a, a pretty cool thing this year for sure. Oh, well, dude, yeah, you got to be stoked. Like I said, you're around A-Ray. Like he does this full time, right? Um, and you're around some guys that – are trying to do this full time and you've got this job and you didn't ride for a week. And you know what I mean? I think you got to be proud of yeah. where you're at and kind of stoked that you're close to getting points. Like I, that's how for I sure. would be, but I don't know. You're a racer. So maybe not. Yeah. yeah maybe, I mean, yeah. Def- definitely like I, there's some times that some people have to remind me of that. Like right. <laughs> I'll be frustrated after I pull off and like, especially, I mean, Kenny sees it. Like I live with the guy, so yeah. he sees it all the time. And he's like, dude, like, you haven't ridden in two weeks and you just got 30th like you're fine yeah so yeah like it's a little frustrating but at the same time like yeah it's i mean it's it's cool to be able to do what i'm doing and and still get to race and qualify most of the time like yeah except the summer of rod bell is kind of shooting the thunder down like he's up in attics installing hvacs yeah yeah 20th or whatever (laughs) that's a good point um hey so for you what do you think of the track prep this year i've asked a lot of riders this and you've raced in the past so you kind of understand slot car cross as we've been talked about it and paula the opening round of paula this year fox raceway sorry i keep saying i don't do that on purpose (laughs) i swear i know beaker Beaker once accused me of doing it on purpose when he was there but i don't i just say paula because i just do but um Fox Raceway this year, it was slot car cross, but the other ones have not been. What What's your preference? How? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I would like to say I, I like it the not slot car cross. Like yep. it's a lot less. It's it's you can actually ride, especially for like practice. When practice is such a big a big kind of pivotal time in the day for me personally. Like if I don't, I mean, if I don't do good in practice, like that's yeah. it. I'm not like at Cody shocks level where if he practices or like doesn't get a good time, he's still like 22nd or something. Right, like if I don't right. get a good time, I'm 50th. Yeah. So it's a little tougher, but, but yeah, like when it's sloppy and shitty and like standing water, like Fox was this year, like it's definitely a little challenging. Um, so the rest of them have been good. Like high point was awesome. Like that kind of just was a happenstance, I think because it was supposed to rain, Yep. but like that and Washougal and, it's a lot more fun to be able to actually ride in practice than it is like following one singular rut around the whole track. And like, I mean, that finish line section at Fox Raceway the, for practice was, yeah. there was standing water in it still for the A group practice of 450s. So it was uh, a little bit overdone there, but they tend to do that. Like they did it right. last year and I'm sure they're going to do it in September again. Like they, those guys like to see the track super gnarly like that but dude do do they want the middle of the track to just be this dried out quagmire of crap where no one goes all day you know i mean i guess they keep doing it but (laughs) it's uh yeah i mean there was there was a couple turns last year and this year that we couldn't even hit the inside until like the end of first motos right right 
Yeah. So it's just, it's tough. Like, I mean, I, I like when I did the USGP in Charlotte, one of the coolest parts with that was it was a little different because there was a hurricane that year. So they condensed it to a one day format. Um, so it was more like a U.S. national, but they gave us the first practice was entirely free. And then the second practice was like 20 minutes of timed practice mm-hmm. or whatever. And the first practice was the coolest thing I've ever done because I'm riding around with like Geyser and Tixie and Koldenhoff and like they did not care. They were just doing whips and just cruising around. And it was cool to have a free practice like lines developed. It was a lot better because if there was muddy spots, people didn't care to go through them because it wasn't time. Yeah, yeah. When like now you go out there and you get one one lap to roll around and roll the jumps, and then second lap you got to send every jump kind of blind. Right. And then the third lap you go as fast as you can. Yeah. So no one wants to get out of that one goat trail. For sure. But, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I think if they did three sessions of ten minutes, you technically get the same amount of practice and do the first one totally free. I think people would kind of make some more lines and venture out a little bit. How stoked were you to ride Washougal? You said you'd never been there before. I was surprised to hear that because Colorado to Washougal isn't that far. But yeah, what? Uh... Yeah, it was it was insane. Like it was. Um, I, yeah, I don't really know why I never went. I mean, it was probably twenty twenty something hours from Denver, so it was it was a little bit farther away. But I never got to go, and I was planning on going last year for it, and then they canceled it like at Loretta's that year. But um, yeah, it was insane. Like seeing all of the all of it from TV over the years. And then like actually being there was awesome. And we actually got to go up in a helicopter because, uh, Austin Hoover's brother was filming some videos for, for Fox and the like helicopter tour guy, like let us go up in a helicopter. So I got to see like the track from a helicopter and over the gorge and like all of it. So it was, right. yeah, it was, it was awesome to take in, just take it all in. And the track was, I told, I, I don't know who I, I told someone, but like that was one of the only times I think at a national that I've like legitimately had fun while I was actually riding. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's so the shadow. The shadows weren't sketchy. I I only got messed up in the first practice from them, oh, okay. but the rest of the day, like it never bothered me. Right. It was more so I, I ride with my fingers on my levers all the time, like just my pointer mm-hmm. fingers. Like I never take them off, and that was one of the only tracks that I've ever had to take, like put all of my fingers on the grip going like up horsepower <laughs> yeah. hill and yeah, through yeah. the whoops before the finish. Right. <laughs> I was just holding on for dear life, just trying not to die basically. But right. yeah, other, I mean, other than the roost, uh, the roost was probably the worst I've ever felt, but it was, yeah, it was awesome. That track is insane. It's so cool. Uh, speaking of Roost, Roost MX, uh, please check those guys out. Pulp Nation is the code to save with Roost MX Troll Train, running Roost MX graphics there this summer uh, as well. They got a whole custom uh, uh, Pulp Nation section on their site. They can make T-shirts and hats and graphics. They custom make you graphics for any kind of bike. They're the official Cobra merch as well. Uh, Pulp Nation saves you. RoostMX.net. Thank you to Chris and Christina down there uh, for doing a good job. And, uh, yeah, thank you to them for supporting this podcast. So thanks to, thanks to those guys. Uh, FXR Racing, Race Tech Suspension, Privateer Island Life. So, Connor, does uh, does Adam and, and Kenny, do you have much to do with them? Do they kind of know what your deal is out there? Do, do they uh, – when they lap you, do they do they yell at you or anything? Uh, what's, <laughs> what, how's that? Um, Adam Adam does, actually. I Funny enough, I play, I play Call of Duty with Adam a pretty fair amount. Okay. So I've, I've – made it in the the wrong end of adam's vlog a few times this year okay all right um he's just talked like talked some some 
comical like crap like friendly shit talking of uh, uh sometimes which has been pretty funny but yeah they uh adam definitely knows knows like my program and yep. stuff and i know i know derek is a uh, video guy too but kenny is a little bit more kind of sticks to himself and um i don't i don't really have any communication or talk to him right. but but yeah i just kind of kind of know adam just from like not really racing just sort of from some mutual friends and stuff like that which is pretty cool I'm a lot older than you, so I can ex- you can excuse me for saying this, but that retro stuff you guys had on Apollo was just amazing, just just great. I you know I talked to, I think remember when Forkner and everybody wore the the yellow and red stuff um, a couple years. Yeah. yeah. So I think I was I think uh-huh. was Pete still there then? I think Pete was still there. Um, I believe he was still involved. I, anyways, um, I I think I talked to Pete back then. I'm like, dude, why don't you? This stuff sells out. He's like, yeah, it sells out right away. I'm like, why don't you make this full time? Like, this is amazing stuff. And he's like, yeah, that's the that's the beauty of it. We don't we don't do it. And I'm just like, and I yeah. saw the stuff at Paula, and I'm like, again, that's from my era, not so much yours. And I'm like, dude, sell this stuff full time. I don't know, man. I, again, I'm no marketing guy, but I love it. Yeah, that stuff. Uh, the stuff this year was cool. Like, honestly, that was um, I actually got two sets of that gear. Like, uh, the marketing guy Mikey Rangel pulled like him and mark finley like they pulled some strings and austin and kenny like they pulled a bunch of strings actually and actually got me like two sets of that gear which is the only special thing like i've ever oh i thought you really like it, that was special for you to get that i figured you'd be the guy i figured you'd be one of the guys no, to like, get it okay they made all the all the other guys gear like they all get sublimated stuff so theirs is all ordered and like shows up with their yeah, name yeah. And number and everything on it and we made 74 sets of that gear to sell only through like our website oh wow um, so it like it wasn't i had nothing to do with it really it was all through e-com and like yep. higher up marketing and everything else so yeah they like i got two sets of it which was insane for like i, I was so stoked to be able to get that yeah that is have, cool have the same same one-off gear that like kenny and adam and pc guys are wearing was was pretty awesome yeah that is that is sweet i liked it man i thought it looked amazing um why KTM for you? Any reason? Um, I ended up, I, I'd been Blue Crew for a long time. Um, and I, I rode a buddy's Husky when I was on the East Coast. And I just kind of really liked it. And he sort of convinced me on like how easy it was to work on and all that stuff. And uh, I, was, I rode Husky for the last three years, probably. And just kind of randomly Husky switched their, the suspension on the t- 2021 is 10 millimeters shorter okay uh i guess to make it more vet friendly and i'm six three yeah so that doesn't really help me so my solution was either buy like pro components or like another set of suspension for six grand or just get a ktm <laughs> so i ended up just getting a ktm and kind of just went that direction and i mean it's basically the same thing i mean to me yeah. i'm i'm a terrible test rider so i can't really tell that much of a difference but it's um yeah, that's sort of just the KTM thing was just sort of a, a random change that, that Husky decided to make. Yeah. Sort of led me to a orange bike. Yeah, really? Do you just have the one bike or do you have another, Do you have two of them? Do you have a practice bike? Just one. Yeah. Yeah, so like I, um, I yeah, my bike was gone for uh, <laughs> sort of the middle part of the season, uh, just going around on a on a truck to some of the races. So yeah, I, yeah. I actually had to borrow a uh a bone stock Husky that we have at the office for Fox. And I, I borrowed that and rode one time after high point. Uh, 
um, shoulder was okay. I rode one day after High Point and then went to Millville. Jeez. So. <laughs> uh, is Millville the best track you've ever ridden? Uh, the answer can only be yes, Connor. It was uh, it was fun. I, I'd been there a fair amount when I was younger. Like we'd go up there for regional qualifiers, or we used to a big group of us from Colorado when I was on like 60s and 80s. We okay. would always go for the national and then race amateur day. So we would like it was kind of a, just a thing that a bunch of families did. Yep. So I'd got I've I've ridden it a bunch, but never on a national day, and and I hadn't I didn't get to do Red Butt or Southwick because of my shoulders. So mm-hmm. I ended up in the B group, and then of course. It was an NBC weekend, so 450Bs were first practice, so that was oh, a yeah. little scary. That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, what, what, and, dude, the, have you written it, like, so you only rode to the National uh, prep like that? Yeah, on a, on a big bike, I'm, I'm pretty sure, I don't think I'd been there since I was on an 80, yeah, so, okay. yeah, that was the only time I've really been there, and it was awesome, like, it was, it was very different from what I heard from some people on this national weekend like it was a lot harder base mm-hmm. um there was a lot less ruts and more like sliding sand berms like the insides kind of all pushed into one big wall but it was fun like it was i'm i mean being taller i i my fastest segments were the rollers and the downhills yeah, yeah. so it was uh <laughs> it was fun to like it, yeah it was definitely awesome. i love that place the the jump line on the far side like on the opposite side from the start like those triples up the hill were so much fun and it was a yeah it's it's uh, i mean yeah it's probably the best track on the circuit thank you thank you very much what's it like trying to do all your mechanic work between motos and recover from the races in the hour that you have <laughs> yeah i've uh i've gotten pretty lucky like my dad has come to a couple races okay um to help with some of them and so i've always had someone there I, i'm not just doing it on my own which is uh, thankfully because there's no way between moto one and moto two i mean you have 38 minutes to get back on the line so having someone there at least just to wash a bike like that's really all all to the extent of like things that i need like if if something else happens like i probably probably don't have the spare part to fix it anyway (laughs) you're done so i just need to wash it put gas in change a filter and good to go and yeah it's uh it's tough i mean it's tough it's hard enough like just trying to eat at the right time and be hydrated enough to go back for second moto like i got super sick at the first round at fox raceway like i didn't eat fast enough and i didn't drink enough and like got almost throwing up the whole second moto and struggled there so like just kind of figuring out how to eat has been a big a big factor this year between motos so you probably still beat phil though i think he uh i think he was way back uh yeah i don't i don't think he did he finish both motos I think he finished, but he got, he like was way. He took him like three minutes to get up from his crash by the finish line. Yeah, so maybe maybe I did then. Right. I know I I know I think I beat A Ray because he didn't finish. Yeah. Um, hey man, well thanks for doing the uh, FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life podcast. Uh, really interesting story. Congrats on doing what you're doing in the industry and and making motos, man. That that's pretty gnarly for sure. Um, and, and so that that's a really cool story, I think, for our listeners. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I mean, thank you for having me on. Like, we kind of just bumped into each other at Washougal, and we're just bantering about the all of the weed stuff that's been going on. So it's cool. I'm stoked to get to do this and kind of get to talk to you, and uh, now we can uh, keep doing more weed show stuff and make JT mad. Yeah, congratulations on those payments that are, are making it to Weege's bank account. He's very stoked on that. He'll continue to promote 
the the Fox brand. Uh, can you get him a Fox watch though? Because his strap is broken and, and it keeps hanging out on TV because he's just the cheapest human being around. So I, I, don't know. I don't want any part of that because of the watch issue that he had at one of those. Oh, yeah. The watch goes off, but I'm out. I don't want any part of that. That's a good point. Uh, you should come up and do the show one time with Kiefer. Jump in and uh, and hang up uh, for the do, come co-host the Pulp Show one night. That'd be uh, that'd be fun. I think. For people, so. yeah, that'd be that'd be super fun. I, I get to do a lot of uh, a lot of high des riding with Keeper, so it'd be uh, it'd be cool to get to go up and, and do that with you guys. That's awesome for sure. Thank you to Namira, Firepower, Maxis, Roost MX, all on board with us. Uh, that's Connor Olson, everybody. Thanks, Connor, and we'll see you. I guess are we going to see you at uh, when's the next race, Buds? Uh, uh, yeah, I'll do Buds. Okay, Buds in Indiana, and then the last two here in California. So. All right, we'll see you out there, man. Thanks for the time. Awesome, thanks, Steve. See ya.